podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks, no breaks, no fear, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along to this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. And this week, we build up to the start of Eurosports 2023 British Speedway coverage with Calvin Tatum and Scott Nichols as our special guests. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be holding hands all the time, but um, certainly we're going to be at all the meetings. Well, 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 I thought that was part of the agreement. We've got reaction from Monday as Wolves kept up their unbeaten home record, beating title chasing Sheffield Tigers. Tough team, Sheffield. You know, they're going to be obviously in the, in the mix come the end, so... I'm pleased with the results, obviously. And from Ipswich, where the Witches took command of the Knockout Cup semi-final over a still winless Peterborough, here from the two team managers and from Emil Saifutinov. Thanks to the Chris Lewis, which one is uh, helped a lot. And uh, yeah, so I'm really happy now it's uh, riding uh, again in UK and uh, hope uh, I get uh, more uh, experience for my career. And Adam Roynan tells us what it's like to race on Speedway's newest track as the Workington Comets launched their new era. It was an absolute pleasure to, to ride. Um, there's, it's going to develop more and more over time. Uh, there's going to be more and more dirt lines. But as, a, as an opening meeting, yeah, it was great for Speedway as a whole. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Lots ahead today, and uh, we'll hear more from Kelvin Tatum and Scott Nichols in a little while. But we start with some news regarding the British Speedway Premiership, which has completed a title sponsorship partnership with Sports Insure. Now, with the 2023 season set to ramp up with the live television coverage on Eurosport and Discovery Plus getting underway on Monday next week, May 22nd, the acquisition of a league sponsor is a major boost to the top flight. Sports Insure is a trade name of Aon UK Limited and have become valued partners of British Speedway in recent years, with their sponsorship also of the British final. The company are sports specialists who provide risk management and arrange insurance solutions for national governing bodies, associations and competitors. Outside of their extensive involvement in motorsport, Aon currently also partner with the NFL, the PGA and Golf's Ryder Cup event. Phil Thorne, the MD of Aon Digital, said we're thrilled to further strengthen our association with Speedway, becoming title sponsor for the Premiership League this season. As specialists in motorsport insurance, Speedway offers the perfect platform to drive our sports insure brand and engage with our audience. Meanwhile, CEO Phil Morris said that we are extremely excited to enter this Premiership League sponsorship partnership with Sports Insure and we can't wait to begin working together. We believe both ourselves and Sports Insure can hit new heights in terms of the reach this sponsorship agreement will bring and we look forward to helping each other secure our respective ambitions. It's another really positive move for the league and with the live TV coverage just around the corner as well, there's plenty for everyone to look forward to over the coming months. Now, the league becomes known as the Sports Insure Premiership with immediate effect. So let's turn our attention then to the Sports Insure Premiership. And on Monday night, Wolverhampton maintained their unbeaten home record in 2023 with a 50-40 win over Sheffield to move up to second place. Skipper Sam Masters and Rory Schleim both scored 11 plus one for the Monmore side on a night of excellent racing and overtaking. Former Wolvesman Tobias Muzilak led the Tigers' challenge with an exciting 14-point haul from six rides as he produced a series of good moves 
lives on his old home track, but the visitors were without their number one, Jack Holder, and Captain Kyle Howarth, and Wolves proved to be the more solid side overall. We'll hear from Wolves star Ryan Douglas soon. First, the two team managers, Simon Stead in a moment, but first, Peter Adams, who can also give us an update on uh, the progress of Luke Becker and how far he is away from making a comeback. He's speaking to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM. Peter, that was a really entertaining meeting, a lot of close racing, and your guys have come out on top. Yeah, it was a great match, I thought, from start to finish. And um, tough team, Sheffield, you know, they're going to be obviously in the in the mix come the end, so I'm pleased with the result, obviously. There, there were lots of different racing lines we saw tonight. There were more than, more than one quick way round this evening. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the track was excellent, I thought. And um, it's always good, you know, when the riders have got confidence to race properly and you saw the result tonight, you know. As you say, there's some terrific racing all and the way through. And you had some power through the team. I mean, Rory is looking now like he's never been away. It's only been what, a handful of meetings, but he really is in top form. Well, he went in top form at Leicester a fortnight no. ago. <laughs> yes. But we'll excuse that one. No, he's... Um, He's obviously a quality rider and, you know, the more meetings he gets under his belt, the better he'll be, I think. Uh, Scott Nichols has done you wonderful service uh, throughout this period. Um, how is Luke? We must you know, not forget about him. How is he getting on? He's um, uh, due to have a practice on Thursday and Friday this week, so we'll know a lot more then. Um, and providing he comes to that OK, he'll be back in the team a week tonight when Ipswich are here. Well, gosh, as soon as that, I mean, that's quite a quick recovery, really, from an injury. Yeah, but, I mean, um, he's had lots of physio sure. and um, it's just a healing process, really. But, as I say, we'll know a lot more later in the week when he's had a go on the bike. Yes, of course. And you've got now two fixtures this week. You've got Bellevue away, a totally finished that job on Thursday, which is, a, which is a good fixture, and then one really to look forward to here next Monday. Yeah, we're looking forward to um, Ipswich, of course. They We owe them one, having lost to them twice here last season. they got a very strong team, similar to Sheffield. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we can do against them. And then, of course, we've got the big bank holiday double fixture with Bellevue in the league. So, um, very important period coming up for us, I think, and we'll know a lot more about our expertise when we get there. Well, there's uh, Peter Adams, who will always tell you nothing is won in May, and a long way to go. Wolves, of course, take on Bellevue in the Knockout Cup second leg, where they have a 26-point lead on Thursday. Let's hear from Simon Stead, then, a uh, defeat for the Sheffield Tigers, but he's not too downhearted. I think it was a good effort. Uh, I'm not unhappy uh, with that. I thought, um, obviously, we, we, we come into every meeting wanting to win. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, but circumstances made things a little bit more difficult tonight. Uh, and I think uh, we covered our, our best we can, our best we could. It's uh, at four, it's a difficult number to cover. Uh, so that, that wasn't ideal either. So um, it was tough and we did the best we could uh, in the circumstances. Um, David's had a tough night um, making... RR even more difficult to cover because obviously he was the only one above Kyle that could take a ride so uh, that made things difficult and the programme was difficult to juggle with changing and trying to get the best out of every heat but I think we've, we've done the best we can under the circumstances um, what I will say is plenty of positives uh, Toby back um, 
looking like he's never never had an injury um absolutely flying um so that that was really good um dan looking really good getting up to speed track that he's not spent a lot of time on and uh, and riding really really well and looking more comfortable at this level every time we get to see him so um that was good uh, adam getting to to grips and looking more and more like his old self uh, and another great job from from louis so look um let's just keep taking the positives um we know wolves is always a difficult place for us um but the fact that we kept it within 10 um or to 10 points um isn't a disaster um and certainly will make for uh, a mouth-watering tie when we um when we uh, face them at uh, Allison. yep certainly will um obviously uh, three or four of the boys have had a, a few knocks in recent weeks as well and it's been three weeks since you, you got together as a team and i know they've been riding individually but still when you haven't raced all together as a, a team for that long as well that that's uh, another factor perhaps yeah i think it, it, it is difficult you know circumstances of um obviously made for the, the the huge gap in fixtures for us um you know the fact that we haven't really had a, a solid seven sheffield riders for for such a, a long time will have a bearing on it as well i'm sure um but i think you know that's that's probably going to happen or should happen um the next time we're out and we'll be a, a full solid outfit and i think when we are um, we're, we're we're an outstanding team, and um, uh, and we're, we we should have confidence to go anywhere and uh, and get a result. So uh, let's hope that we've got seven Sheffield riders on uh, on Monday at Leicester, um, and we can kick start with a with another win and um, and get the season going again. Yeah, like you say, there are plenty of positives. Obviously, David Belego, the few meetings we've seen at Allerton, we, we've seen what he's capable of. Do you think the, the time away from British Speedway is perhaps having a, a, an impact on his away form at the minute? I think uh, I think there's just been a, a distinct lack of fixtures uh, for David at, at tracks that he can gain some confidence. Um, obviously, he has very very good equipment um and they can be too powerful for places like wolverhampton uh like ipswich so uh, i think he's got a bit of fine tuning to do um but i think we'll see him growing confidence with uh, a run of fixtures that are more in his favor uh and look we knew that was going to be the case when we signed him so uh he's got our full confidence and we're working hard with him to get um maybe make a few changes that can help him on uh, on more difficult tracks for him so uh we're working hard but you know when we when we get the best out of him um and we've got all seven of our guys flying we're, we're really going to be a force to be reckoned with but that's coming and just finally, on a, a separate note, everyone will have seen the, the Grand Prix at the, the weekend now. Obviously, Jack Alder looked uh, on course for his first ever Grand Prix victory. And just how much did, did you feel for, for him as his team manager and someone who knows him so well? Yeah, I was gutted for him. Um, you know, uh, that those things happen um, at that level uh, and in those sort of competitions. And we, you know, you ride in that at that level and you know, you know the rules you know what happens uh, in those circumstances and he was just the victim of that this time um but um what i would say is uh, where he was this time last year in that competition and where he is this time uh, this year um is night and day he looks a lot more comfortable a lot more settled um and looks like he's having fun out there so uh, he might not have got it this time but um it looks like it's coming for sure 
a good Australian contingent between the two sides on show at Mumhor on Monday night there. We're talking about Jack Holder. Well, let's hear from another of those Aussies in action, and that was Ryan Douglas. Eight points on the night. He's been looking back on that win for the Wolves over the Tigers with Ryan Guest. Well, Ryan, a second straight 50-40 victory here at uh, Monmouth Green and more of a, a battling one against Sheffield tonight. Yeah, it was tough, actually. The track probably ran a little bit slicker and... Obviously, them having Louis Kerr at reserve is uh, always tough. He's going good and getting seven rides, so no easy races. But, um, yeah, still take 10-point lead into Sheffield. is uh, It's not the worst case. Yeah, like we say, we saw some big victories in the, the first couple of meetings, but uh, coming up against a, a tough Sheffield opposition like that and having to, to dig a, di- a bit deeper, it does show a, another side to this team. Yeah, exactly. We're definitely no easy beats, that's for sure. And, uh yeah, we showed it tonight that we, uh, we even know it was a tough meet and we, we managed to dig deep and get the win still with a nice, decent 10-point lead. So, um, yeah, we can still build confidence on that and it's, it's been a few weeks ourselves since we've been here. So, probably if myself, it took a couple of races and with the red, uh, the sun in the red light, I thought it was bloody red light was on and stopped and that could have been a 5-1 as well. So, uh, yeah, but overall it was a good meeting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you finished off with a, a couple of race wins and we're, we're on a, a 5-1 in heat six as well. What, what, what happened on bench three and four? Yeah, well, obviously one and two, I think Rory was in front and then locked up a bit and me and Nick probably nearly went down to, trying to miss him and then, yeah, going into turn three, yeah, the sun was beaming and it just looked like the red light was on for sure. So I'd rolled off and... And Nick kind of kept going and passed me, and then I realised, bloody hell, I better keep going. So it's one of them things, I guess, and uh, I thought another day would have been called back, but, um, yeah, it is what it is. Nevertheless, uh, yourself and Rory partnered at three and four. You got three four twos tonight, and, and good to have Rory back, and he's starting to show what he's capable of, even at this top flight after a bit of time out. Yeah, that's it. He's, um, he's class around here, especially at Wolves. He's, uh, a couple of years ago, he was out and out number five, so um, to have him at number three is very good, and uh, I'm only getting better here, and I'm um, yeah, finished strong tonight, so hopefully we can build on that, and next week against Ipswich, we can really hit form. Yep. Uh, before Ipswich, though, it's a trip to Manchester on, on Thursday, knockout cup 26 point lead against Bellevue um, obviously no, nothing's for, for certain particularly with how they can ride their home circuit but nevertheless um, it, it's a, an aggregate lead that you've got to be looked to, to be holding on to yeah it's a, it's a nice lead and uh, like you say you can't take it for granted they've definitely pumped teams by 30 there a few times so we're going to have to be on our game and turn up like any other meet and, and try to win really and uh, hopefully it'll be enough but um, yeah if we all do our jobs I can't see why not Ryan Guest of the Wolverhampton Wolves. What about Sheffield then? Well, top scorer for the Tigers around Monmore was Tobias Musilak making a return from that collarbone injury and bagging 14 points from six rides. Yeah, we tried so hard, but, you know, 10 points down is... Uh, uh, it's not a big one, you know. Track Wolverhampton is so difficult. And, you know, home team really enjoyed the, the racing here. And we, we tried to, to do the same, but... You know, we are away, so... Oh, but anyway, we are all healthy. Uh, that's most important. Yeah, for the first half of this meeting as well, uh, kept walls really tight, just a, a couple of points in it, and, and the reserves busy as well, Dan and Louis. Yeah, I was, uh, I've seen Louis was uh, coming off the track and <laughs> coming back to the pit. He was, like, just you know, flying, yeah? So, uh, yeah, you know... Uh, I wish we have Kyle and, and Jack uh, back next week. And and so on. We want to thank you, our fans. They came from Yorkshire, so uh, thank you very much. And for yourself, 14 points, uh, three race wins in there as well, and some uh, some real good passing manoeuvres from yourself along the way tonight. Yeah, thank you. Um, I when I always come to Wolverhampton, I want to stay stay healthy and be happy after the meeting. 
but uh, scoring six, 14 points, it's, uh, it's amazing. There's Tobias Musilak with Ryan Guest after Sheffield's 10-point defeat at Wolverhampton on Monday. The, the calendar last week was decimated, of course, by the weather. No action on Monday, even though it was Bank Holiday Monday. And on Thursday, just one meeting survived the heavy showers that were dotted around the UK. And uh, that was the Ipswich Witches in their clash over the Peterborough Panthers. Despite some heavy storms hitting Foxhall uh, earlier on in the day, indeed at lunchtime, the circuit was under quite a degree of water on the bends. Uh, it did drain off and further showers somehow managed to miss the Foxhall Stadium and the Ipswich Witches were able to get that uh, match on against Peterborough in the Sports Insure Premiership Knockout Cup semi-final and it was an emphatic 57-33 home win for the Witches with the Witches top four all in terrific form. Australian youngster Keenan Roo notching his first paid maximum in the UK with 12 plus 3 from 5 rides. Number one Jason Doyle was also unbeaten with 11 plus 1 from 4. Danny King racking up 17 points from 6 rides. Emil Saifutinov adding 12 plus 2. Benjamin Basso and Richie Worrell the only Panthers riders to take points off of them. Jordan Jenkins was the visitor's other race winner but he withdrew from the meeting with a nose injury after falling in heat 4 having won his first ride. We'll hear from Rob Lyon in a moment and also from Emil Saifutinov very soon but first let's hear from the Ipswich Witches team manager Richie Hawkins speaking to Mike Boswell. Great to see Keenan clicking tonight by far the best he's road and we've seen his, his talent. Um, so superb really that made up for Daniel having a tough night I wouldn't say road bad he just kind of got on the bad end of a lot of things but yeah top four really they dropped two points between them and I mean you you, you just anyone's going to struggle, not going to compete with that really and yeah just with Keenan looks as if he's been quite busy do you think the extra kind of time he's been he was at pool last night and extra time on the bike has helped or is there other things in the background that Ipswich is helping with uh, no definitely I think riding last night really sharpened him out up like for his first heats tonight he was he was on it straight from his first ride um, so yeah definitely think extra meeting last night would have helped him um, also, you know, he's getting used to the track and um, England and probably getting used to flying in and out because, you know, when you, like, it takes a bit of getting used to, you know, he lives in Poland, um, so he's flying in and out of, of the country and, you know, it takes get a bit of getting used to. When you get, like, older, like Emil and, and Niels and, and all the, the top boys, you know, they get used to it, but your first year doing that, obviously, it's a big thing. And um, But, yeah, delighted for him. And sort of, it must be slightly tired of this question. You know, I feel like, what's happening with what's happening with Eric? Because he was due to ride, then obviously uh, last minute health check didn't come through it. Yeah, um, he's he had a procedure on Monday that the doctors felt that once he's had that done, um, he'd be better by Thursday. But he's kind of he improved a bit, and he's still, uh, but he weren't quite really ready for tonight. Um, his point is pushing him back and rushing him early we've got a week off next week so you know we'll, we'll see how he goes next week he'd like to think by, by next week he's going to be um, better um, the doctors seem confident that he's had a lumbar puncture on Monday and they seem confident that would sort the problem out um, which he, he did show improvement but he's kind of gone down a, a little bit you know I think that's just a recovery from the from the procedure so Hopefully that's all it is, and by next week he's going to be feeling good, and then he'll have a, a little bit of a sustained period of time or a few days where he's feeling good, you know, not just maybe one yeah. day and then going down again. So once he gets like that, 
<coughs> it'd be better. I'm not going to rush you back. It's pointless, you know, putting him on the bike when he's not feeling good. So, um, yeah, hopeful. Yeah, very hopeful, really. The plan is a week on Monday when we're at Wolverhampton, he'll be back. And to that Wolverhampton match, of course, on, on the TV for that particular night as well, in front of the cameras, um, Wolves a bit of a tricky track to go to. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, Wolves is it's normally a bit of a tricky track. They've obviously got a very good home team. Um, they get used to it. <coughs> Two wins there last year round. We won the pairs there. So um, we obviously showed we can compete and do well there. You know, we was brilliant. Um, when we're going into meetings, like Danny's, I think Danny started the season well. Um, he was terrific tonight. And you go into any meetings with Emil and, and Doyley, like at the top, you know, like Doyley riding the way he did. And... Um, you're obviously going to go there with confidence because we've got a lot of race winners at the top end of the team. Tough night at the office for you. What's your take on the whole meeting this evening? Uh, pretty similar to every other meeting so far this year and uh, uh, things are not good at Peterborough at the moment, but uh, fair play to, um, to Ipswich. They were the better team on, on the night and deserved the win. So. But then looking at it, you did have a little bit of a stroke of luck in getting a number one. Uh, was it a, a kind of, oh, they're off at Leicester, let's see whether we can get a guest in, or how did that work out for you with Frederick coming in tonight? Yeah, because there's no other riders around, and uh, either that or they don't want to do it. So um, getting a guest of any sort was just a stroke of luck, really, but the option would have been RR, and you know, possibly, as it turned out, wouldn't have been much different, but as you can see we're pretty depleted and pretty down on confidence and uh, you know it's not good and it's got to change and it's got to change quick and I said that two weeks ago and here we are still in the same situation but it, it, won't, it won't go on for uh, for many more days <laughs> and sort of you know with that kind of looking ahead to the, the next leg is is the plan trying to regroup get, get a decent guest in for that are you going to work around the next leg you know obviously quite depleted as you say I think it's fair to say, looking at the team, uh, they're all suffering from a lack of uh, firepower at the top end, as you can see, and uh, some of the boys have been asked to do jobs that, you know, in all due respect, not, not potentially brought in for, and uh, <coughs> the uh, situation is, uh, like I say, it's pretty dire, and uh, team needs surgery, and uh, without surgery, it's, it's going to fail. Has that surgery of two or three riders been moved around, or haven't got a clue at the moment? I think it needs. Uh, I think it, I think it does need probably two, probably at least two. To be honest, um, uh, that's no fault of any of the riders. That, you know, racing it's a numbers game sometimes, and you have to do what's right for the club. And uh, if if the right quality of rider became available, then you know you have to look at it. But that in itself is an issue because there aren't the quality of riders around at this moment in time. But uh, there's not enough riders for the amount of teams in the league. That's the bottom line. Um, but we are where we are, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to put a positive spin on a situation, but yeah, totally. And just very quickly, obviously, another drama for you tonight. Jordan Jenkins taking a little bit of a tumble situation with him as he left. Uh, I think he's got a suspected broken nose, to be honest. Uh, took a whack to the head um, on his nose when he crashed, and uh, he's right himself, but his nose is a little bit swollen, so they pulled him for precautionary. Rob Lyon of the Peterborough Panthers cutting a frustrated figure once again with uh, still no points uh, on the board in any of the competitions that have raced in so far. In stark contrast, though, we've got Emil Saifutinov, who added 12 plus 2 bonus from uh, his rides in that fixture against the Peterborough Panthers. And boy, does he look quick and also slick and smooth as well. He's a fantastic rider to watch in action. And he's been chatting to Jason Harold on BSN. 
Welcome back to British Speedway. It's great to have you back. Did it take you a long time to, to, to say yes, I'll, I'll come back and ride in, in Britain? Like I said before, you know, just uh, it just was planned, you know, it's back to the UK because uh, I really like here as much atmosphere, you know, it's uh, Speedway in the UK and uh, yeah, so it's, uh, this year, you know, it uh, has good opportunity to back here and uh, like I said, thanks to the Chris Lewis, which one is uh, help a lot and uh, yeah, so I'm really happy, you know, it's uh, riding uh, again in the UK and uh, hope uh, I get uh, more uh, experience for my career. It's, uh, is, it, is it true, the stories, that if you wouldn't have ridden this season, you'd have probably packed in riding Speedway? Yeah, yes, it was planned because, you know, it's uh, sit and wait, you know, it's, uh, I don't have a time, you know, so I need to, to make something, you know, to work uh, uh, because I have also family and I have a team, which one is, uh, have also family, so uh, that is was uh, one of the sites, but uh, I'm really happy to back the race again and... Uh, yeah, just uh, thanks everyone for, for making that. Yes, the, a lot of support, a lot of people are very glad to see you back. Is the ultimate aim to get back riding against the very best in the in the Grand Prix series? Uh, for sure, it's my uh, it's my goal, you know, to be world champion uh, from when I've been young, you know. So uh, yeah, maybe I won, but for that moment, you know, it's, it's not possible to to back the Grand Prix. You know, just concentrate about the Polish League and uh, UK and. Uh, that's for that season is that's all you know it's, I don't know what uh, can happen uh, for the next year and I hope you know it's uh, I just try to be enjoying you know it's a speedway for that moment which I have now so uh, yeah so it's, keep keep it that <laughs> it's, it seems like you're enjoying yourself out on the track because you, you're getting out the starts not only here at Ipswich <laughs> but the other tracks like Leicester when you went and broke the track record you'd not seen Leicester before yeah, I'm focused at the noise. I'm uh, a lot of has training in the winter with physical or motocross bike. So uh, yeah, so I'm ready for the uh, some new chapter, which one is you know in UK, new shape on the track in the UK. So uh, it's a li little bit different. Uh, we, some 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 track is uh, similar like in Poland, and uh, but uh, like I said, the noise. I'm really happy you know, to get some experience here. And, and this team, this Ipswich team this season, it's it's, it's flying. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. You know, yeah, as you, you can see, you know, it's the score. You know, it's everyone is uh, growing up, and uh, yeah, so uh, looking forward, you know, for the future. And I hope, you know, it's our goal is uh, is coming. You know, and uh, we we will try to push and uh, and winning. You know, it's uh, Premier League, and uh, also, you know, it's uh, Knockout Cup. Yes. Well. As I say, you, uh, you, you noticed the score. You were very uh, pleasantly surprised by that. Great to talk to you, Emil. Great to see you back in British Speedway. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the rest Thank of the season. Thank you very much. And uh, just say hello, everyone, who's watching now. And, uh, yeah, so uh, see you next time. And uh, I'm going to preparing for the next one. And prepare for the next one he did. Emil Saifutinov speaking to Jason Harold on BSN in that fixture between uh, Ipswich and Peterborough. And as far as the Sports Insure Premiership fixture list looks over the next week, well, it's a big week for Peterborough, indeed a big week for Kings Lynn. There's the two A47 rivals face each other twice in the space of five days, both, of course, desperate to kickstart their seasons. Meanwhile, the Wolverhampton Wolves test their impressive home form against 
against Ipswich at Monmore Green and a visit of Emil to what's uh, dubbed as a technical track. Will he be able to cope? Well, they said that about Leicester and he went and broke the track record in his first ride. So we'll see how that goes. And meanwhile, Leicester host Sheffield, who are led by former Lions captain Kyle Howarth. And that will be the opening fixture for Eurosports as they bring their British Speedway coverage to the Sports Insure Premiership. Bellevue and Wolverhampton resolve their knockout cup quarterfinal on Thursday as well with the Wolves 26 points ahead from the first leg. Well, talking about that TV coverage, we'll hear from Kelvin Tatum and Scott Nichols, who'll be teaming up to bring you the coverage over the rest of the season as it gets underway on Eurosport and will run right through, of course, to the Sports Insure Premiership Grand Final. Uh, back end of the season uh, in September time. So we'll hear from Kelvin and Scott on their thoughts on how things have gone so far in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. Now, if there's one question about British Speedway that's been asked more than any other, it has to be, when is the Speedway coverage back on the TV? Uh, And that answer is next Monday, May 22nd, as Eurosports and Discovery Plus resume their coverage of British Speedway and the Sports Insure Premiership, with Leicester taking on Sheffield being the first fixture live from the Pidcock Motorcycles Arena in Beaumont Park. And I'm delighted to say that uh, two of the voices of uh, the Speedway coverage on Eurosport and Discovery Plus are with us in this section for the next half hour or so. I'm pleased to say... Kelvin Tatum and Scott Nichols join us now to talk all about that. And so, Kelvin, you're already back on the telly with the Grand Prix stuff, but now back to the British coverage. And alongside you will be Scott Nichols. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be holding hands all the time, but um, certainly we're going to be at all the meetings. Well, 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 I thought that was part of the agreement. <laughs> I'm going to have to renegotiate my contract. Yeah, I'm sorry to know it's been a difficult weekend for you, Scotty, but. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not doing it. I've 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 had a I've had a change of heart. Ah. No, it's um it's it's been a little frustrating that we've had to wait until this point. And clearly, people um, have been sort of a little bit confused why we are starting later this year. But Eurosport do have major events, like for example, at the moment the Giro d'Italia is on, so that may have had some influence on it. And then they have the French Open and all sorts of things. But um, by and large, we are trying to do sort of three weeks on, one week off. Um, weather permitting, and trying to finish the league and complete the playoffs by the end of September. So sort of condensing the season, but to give people regular speedway, not sort of have one and then go missing for three weeks. That doesn't really, doesn't help really. So yeah, next week uh, we're on. And as uh, we've already mentioned, let's let's hope we get off to a flying start. Um, and excited, you know, keen to get amongst it and see some British Speedway. You know, you two have seen far, probably seen a season's worth of Speedway already. I haven't been anywhere near a British track yet, so I'm keen to get back up to Leicester and, and uh, see what see what's going on. But, um, you know, but hopefully we get a really exciting team. What I, what I don't want is that the jeopardy regarding playoffs was done by June last year. That's why we need these slightly lesser teams to, to sort of like turn it around if they can. So we've got plenty of fight. But I think Le- I think Leicester is the one I think realistically that, that could maybe possibly, possibly make the top four. 
Scotty, for you, of course, you're no stranger to, to people's TV sets, um, having been part of the Grand Prix coverage uh, over the last couple of years or so, and now joining the British coverage, which um, obviously you made that conscious decision not to race uh, at, uh, at the top level of British Speedway this year. So, of course, that does free you up a little bit. You've, you have been riding, of course, guesting for, for the likes of Wolves and one or two others through the course of the early part of the season. But uh, I guess more often than not, Monday nights uh, are going to be... A different side of Speedway for you. Yeah, I'm going to be involved, which I'm I'm delighted to be be part of the Monday Night Crew. It's something something I enjoy, and I, I'm kind of at that kind of uh, point in my career where I'm still loving racing. I still feel like I've got plenty to offer, but I don't want to be flat out like a lot of the boys are. Um, I've got other things going on in my life, and so it's nice to slow the racing down a bit, but still be involved. Um, and in and doing the T V stuff it's still a way of keeping me involved with a, a sport that, that I love and have a lot of passion for, have done my entire life, like Kelv. Um so it's cool to still be able to be involved, see what's going on and and see things from the other side and and, and maybe try and get a few little bits of that insight over to the viewers and try and give them a little bit more of a you know, a bit more of an idea of what's going on and a little bit more to the to the story than just seeing four guys go around on a bike. I think it's really good to have someone who is still involved in in racing, you know, and and actually riding against these riders that you're commentating on as well, because you do pick little things up. And I've noticed in my own experience, you know, if you're speaking to a rider, like I was working with Chris Harris the other week, where, you know, he picked something up about what a rider did because he'd seen him do it at the previous meeting. And and there was an explanation, a little tiny thing, but these little tiny observations can make a, a big difference and improve people's understanding because there are so many little nuances that you just don't realize unless you're actually out there riding week in, week out right now, you know, the, the little things that are going on and the little changes that guys are making to their bikes. Oh, definitely. It's, it's not it's just the riding as well. It's, you know, just little things that when people are doing, I know um, Kelv are doing commentary and Chris when they're doing the Grand Prix together, that just little things that people have been going to Speedway for, for 10, 20 years and don't realise silly little things why the rider might do that to the referee or or why they look in a certain area. And I know sometimes when you say those things, you kind of repeat yourself and, and the people that do know kind of go, well, I already knew that. But there's an awful lot of people that don't. And a lot of people are shy to ask why somebody does a certain thing. So I think it's important that that when, you, when you're doing like Kelvin the commentary or if I'm doing a pit piece or something like that, that, you know, every now and again you point out a few little bits and pieces that perhaps we take for granted that, you know the the fans that are not aware of that side of things and it just hopefully gives them a little bit more of a, a bit more of an insight and when they watch they can watch with a slightly different purpose and can kind of keep an eye out on a few of those little things that have been pointed out and make the make the uh the night's racing a little bit more enjoyable on to the coverage then, Kelf. You're heading to Beaumont Park, the Pidcock Motorcycles Arena, the home of the Leicester Lions taking on the Sheffield Tigers. Uh, lots going on in this meeting because, of course, Sheffield are one of the fancied teams. There's that Bates family link across both sides as well. Leicester being that team that have made the move up from the um, from the Cab Direct Championship now to the Sports Insure Premiership. And, um, you know, a new look side that they've built there as well. Looking to have a different experience 
experience in the top level than what they had the first time out. But um, it has all the makings of a, an interesting match when you consider the the likes of Kyle Howarth, you know, was riding with uh, with Leicester last year and now returning as a visiting captain with uh, with Sheffield. You know, that gives Sheffield a, a handy little advantage, doesn't it? It does. And uh, the British scene obviously has been decimated uh, at the moment by weather. Um, you know, just bumping into Adam Ellis at the weekend, just saying they haven't had a, a Sheffield Tigers, they haven't had a, a, a meeting at home for seven weeks, which is far from ideals. But no, we, we burst onto the screens next week with uh, the Leicester v Sheffield. Um, Leicester, great to see them making the move back into the Premiership. Um, so we've got seven clubs in the top division, which is good news. Um, it's a solid looking team. Um, it's the sort of team I think that if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to all have to fire. Um, they're going to need consistency from Frick, who was the eye-catching signing in the winter time. You know, riders like Chris Harris, who had a great season last year for Peterborough. He needs, you know, you know, what we're going to get with Chris. He's going to give everything. Nick Morris obviously came up with the club, um, but all in all, I think they're a, a, a decent outfit. But they're going to be under pressure because Sheffield in town next week. I think that'll be a a stern test for them because I, I fancy Sheffield this year. I think they look like they could go all the way if they, particularly if they get Ellis really firing. I think Sheffield will be a match, a match for anybody. But um, no, just delighted that we're going to finally get underway. It's late, but better be late than never. And uh, let's hope that the weather behaves itself and we get some some sunshine and we can get up and running and we have a, a good opening meeting. And Scott Nichols, you've had a busy start to the season on the track. Of course, you made that decision not to um, have a, a team uh, in the top level, but you uh, have done quite a few guest bookings for uh, for a few sides. Notably, I think Wolves. You've ridden about what six meetings or so now, and so as a result, you've you've faced most of the Sports Insure Premiership's biggest stars. And uh, how's life been as as being part of the Wolves side? Yeah, I've done rowed a few of them off. Um... I think Wolves, I mean, they're always a class outfit, you know, there's a good, there's always a good feel within the club at Wolves, you know, Pete Adams, uh, he's, a, he's a dry character, but he's a good team manager, he kind of says it pretty much how it is, a bit old school, a bit like Pratty used to be in some respects, um, you know, and they haven't changed their team much, which I think is a good thing, um, you know, they've brought, obviously, Rory Schlein's come back and he's he's in great form, he's maybe had a couple of little blips, but he's obviously he's had a season out. Um, obviously, it's a real shame about Luke Becker because I think he had a little bit of a tough year, but I think it's quite common for young riders to have a kind of bit of a peak and then have a little bit of a dip. And I believe he probably would have been on the upscale up again this year, but obviously he had that injury right at the start, and hence why I've done a few fill-in rides just while he gets himself fit. But I think, you know, with Wolves, they're, they're, they're good at home. Um, they've got an exceptional rider in Sam Masters at number one. And the, the, the atmosphere and the, the spirit within a team is good. And I've, I've always been a believer that that's a massive part of a successful team. I agree with what Kelv said. I think Leicester have got a very solid team. I think that meeting on Monday will be an exciting prospect. I think Sheffield are a strong outfit too. Um, you've got to give full credit to Leicester. The, the track in the past has been criticised for being bumpy and, and rough and unpredictable. But uh, when I was there the other week, possibly a little bit on the slick side, but... It was very smooth. Um, you could race inside and out, which is great. And I think if they can just get a little bit more of a top dressing on there, uh, you, we could be in store for a, a great first meeting on Eurosport. 
And you, Scotty, were, were part of the Leicester Lions uh, in back in the 2018 and also through 2019 when you won the league and the, uh, the also the Championship Shield as well. So you had a, a great season and, and helped them very much towards uh, to glory there. And there have been some major improvements over the course of the winter at Beaumont Park, haven't there? They've uh, certainly done a lot of work to the track and tried to smooth that out, new floodlights. So a lot of investment's gone in ahead of this season. Oh, definitely. It's... Uh, and it- I think the fact now that it's smoother um, will have evened the track up a little bit. It was a track that some people didn't like going to, but I think people now, now that you can attack it and go into the corners without the fear of kind of bouncing across the corner and end up in the hot dog stand, that they can actually get stuck in. Um, Carl Howarth is a proper out-and-out racer, and he'll use that experience he's got from racing at Leicester before. There may be a little bit of bragging rights between the Bates family as to who comes out on top on Monday night, uh, but whatever happens, it'll be a close one. Max Frick is kind of starting to hit a bit of form there. He's had, a, I think, by his own admission, he's probably had a bit of a tough start to the season, especially in Britain. Probably hasn't hit the, the scores he would like to have hit. But uh, when I was there at Wolves the other week, he was in much better form, had some good speed, and, and he felt a lot better. He felt like he was more happy with the setup he's got. So, um yeah, look for a, a big night from him. I to look at the names like Frick at the, at the top end, but you've also got the likes of Justin Sedgman and Bomber in there as well. Oh, they've got some races. Oh, yeah, Bomber, like Calv said, you know what you get with Bomber. It's going to be four laps of bounce off the airbags and maybe hitting the curb the odd time. Um, but he's a racer. Um, possibly hasn't quite carried the form on from last year. Um, possibly had a little bit of a dip. Um, I don't know if that's kind of mechanical or if it's just a little bit of sight. Uh, lack of form from him personally but no he's a racer and Richard Lawson he's one of those riders that always goes on the, under the radar for me um, but I think he's a class act um, kind of keeps himself to himself he's not flash and flamboyant but he gets the job done he's a, a very very good gator and when the tracks are a little bit slicker that that's prime and I think that, that, like Kel said earlier I think with Leicester they've got strength right from top to bottom um, to be fair, Sheffield have a lot of the teams are like that now this year, which all that does is create uh, an unpredictable scoreline and, and good racing. Could be, could well be. I, I sense that um, uh, Sheffield are the stronger outfit, um, just about. But uh, as I say, I think that uh, the Leicester lineup has got quality in it, and I think that. They will, you know, Nick Morris obviously knows it. He, he came away from Wolverhampton, which was a slight surprise, but uh, he was obviously there in the championship, so he's got plenty of experience. But with the change, Emil Saifusinov clearly quite enjoyed his visit uh, to Leicester because obviously he took about half a second off the track record. So um, uh, it's uh, clearly... Because I don't think he would have enjoyed it if it had been bumpy and rutty and horrible, but there's no question that uh, the Emil turned up and just uh, just just fell in love with the place. But no, I'm really excited about uh, the match-up and, and keen to get underway with the Eurosport coverage. If we, uh, we had, We've had a bit of a chat about Wolves because you've had a, a bird's-eye view of that, Scotty. What about Bellevue, the champions then? You know, we, uh, we look at them. They got off to a sort of a, an indifferent start with Dan Bewley out of form, but subsequently they sort of uh, got on the road and they actually strung a few good results together. What do you think about their chances and a sort of the lineup they've got right now? Uh, well, I think, I mean, it's, it kind of sounds like a broken record, but a lot of the team, they're, they're strong this year. I mean, they brought some big names back, like you say, with Dan Bewley coming back. No, I mean, when I looked at a few of the scores early doors, it kind of, I was scratching my head probably as much as he was because the scores weren't what we expected from Dan Bewley, especially at Bellevue. But 
you know, he's he's obviously found something. He's hitting a bit of form. They've got strength. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ, you've got Jamin Lidge. Is he still down at reserve or towards a reserve berth? And he's an extra league rider. Um, you know, that, that goes to show that in some respects on paper, British Speedway doesn't look as strong as, as Poland and places like that. But trust me, it's it's tough racing here. You know, a lot of the guys, when they travel from overseas, they, they look at riders that they probably don't necessarily rate on the continent. But when they're on home soil, they're blooming strong and tough to beat. I think Bellevue are obviously going to carry a bit of confidence of being the champions, and they're going to want to retain that, and that's going to kind of give them a little bit of a puffed-up chest. But along with that comes the fact that everybody is gunning for you, and everybody wants to beat you, and every time you line up, whichever team is, want to go home saying, we just beat the champions or the defending champions. So... Um, you know, Lemo's pretty good at keeping the boys in, in track. But I think you know, they, they've got a, a good a good chance, I think, um, with young Norick. I mean, he had a fantastic season last year. I think it's just if he can build on that and, and make that progression, I think that can be a, kind of a bit of a trump card for them. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that you know, last year they, they, it was a fantastic finale, of course, when they beat Sheffield in the playoff final. I just sensed that... Would they be able to, because they didn't have that extra heat leader that they did last year with Zagar coming in and they kicked on from there because they are looking at one of the younger, slightly lesser riders like a Tom Brennan to sort of fill that role. And if they can, then I think they'll, they'll give everybody a, a run for their money. But, you know, they, they're looking good and after a, a difficult start, I think they're, they're beginning to find their feet, Ian. And I think that, you know, you've seen Ipswich lately, and um, obviously, so have you, Scott. But I sense that uh, the uh, the eye-catching signing of Emil Saifutinov and with Jason Doyle and Saifutinov matching up, uh, they look like they're very serious about uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, from from the gate, it's certainly if they if they if they gate and they're both very fast gaiters, they get out front. There's going to be nobody stopping them because it's very hard to to, to pull an overtake. Richie Worrell got out in front of um, Saifutinov and, and held him off for, for four laps, which was an impressive ride. Um, I don't fancy you'd get away with that every single time because once they get out front, they're just so much faster than everybody else. And I think when they get onto the big tracks, you know, the likes of um, Bellevue or Sheffield, where they've got a bit more open space, I, I think uh, be interesting to see how they go um, but I'm sort of surprised that Ipswich have, have, have you know not necessarily one of the favourites they, they seem to be slightly under the radar if I'm honest from my point of view of what people have been saying it's all about Sheffield or Bellevue but it, Ipswich um, I think are, are very much going to be there or thereabouts come the reckoning uh, Scott I don't know what you think about it I know you've ridden against um, you've ridden against Ipswich what, what are your thoughts? Yeah I think for me I think Ipswich is a team that's just I think they've got the edge on, on the others. And a lot of that hinges on, on Danny. Um, Danny seems to be in form again. He had a, a bit of an off-season last year. Um, like you said, Randy Ipswich is no one with more experience in that team than him. Uh, but, I mean, man alive, that, that's a powerhouse at one and five. There's not a stronger partnership out there than that. And home or away, I mean, those boys are going to... I don't think there's going to be many heat advantages against them in heats 13 and 15. Emil's just riding. I mean, genuinely, when I watch him ride, I, I, I love watching him ride. He's, he's, he's not just super fast, but he's, he's smooth, he's in control. It's, it's quite hard to explain because he really attacks the track, but he does it in such a, a calm, smooth and controlled way. Um, and yeah, I, I was fortunate to, to see him racing Ipswich and had a great race. I think he's just enjoying 
racing his motorcycle again. He's loving being in England. He's just loving making up for lost time. Doyley, he's just got that bit between his teeth. Every race is a, is a championship race, and that's how he's at his best. You know, some riders back in the past have kind of, when it's coming up to world championship, they, they tone it down a level. I mean, I always remember Eric Gunderson, bless him. I remember seeing him as a kid one night, and I thought, my God, like, what's happened to Eric? There's a, there's a world championship that weekend, and he was just not taking any risks, whereas Doyley's the opposite. He's just every race banging in. And I think that rivalry between him and Emil, because he'll want to maintain that number one race jacket, and I think, you know, they'll keep that in check as long as they don't start racing each other. That can only be a benefit to Ipswich Witches. And also, uh, Keenan Rue was impressive as well, and uh, obviously it's his first season over here, but he seems to be learning week in, week out. You don't expect necessarily to have the best performance on their, their first appearance anywhere, but he does seem to be getting to grips with things now, and again, certainly uh, rising through the ranks there. And when you look in the pits, he's in between Jason Doyle and Emil Saifudinov, so he's, he's got a lot of experience around him in the pit bay there. Yeah, he is, and I think that's all of a benefit. Um, I know he's got you know, Cam Heaps is kind of helping him a little bit there, but in the back room, my old mechanic, Mashek, who's he's a very, very good mechanic, knows not just obviously Polish Speedway, but he's been in England for an awful long time. He's very good with the setups and engine tuners and things like that. So so Keenan's got a good backroom staff to help him. Um, so, you know, all the bits and pieces are in place for Ipswich Speedway. I think the only the only slight question mark is... is um, what do they do with the, the risk situation? Uh, you know, I'm hearing that hopefully he's finding some answers and he'll be back. Um, and if he's in for man live, I mean, Eric on his day, my God, he's a he's a heat leader. So if he comes back and he comes back in form, then for me, Ipswich are the team to beat. Um, Calvin, let's look at the, the other end of the spectrum and, and how things are going for Peterborough. Um, we, earlier on in the podcast, we, we heard from Rob Lyon, who's you know sounding um, increasingly uh, you know despondent really with with how things are looking for his side. From from where you've been sat uh, from a distance, what's your observations regarding Peterborough? I I think it's uh, you know Peterborough. Uh, you know, two seasons ago with Dad's Army, Scott, you were, you know, well and truly part of that. It was just an incredible season where they just took the league by storm, had this team that just got on a roll. They embraced the fun with the Dad's Army um, uh, chance and it just happened. And then last year, you know, going from hero to zero is tough. I mean, man, riders out of form, injuries, can't find that, you know, Bjarni Pedersen retired and you know, even with, you know, a, a, the change of the team, it looked good, you know, like that Benjamin Basso coming in, who was quite good, actually. He was he was pretty good for the team, but just couldn't get that spark going. And then this year, another team. But I must say, when I first did it, when we did our first podcast, I did have some concerns over the team because Hans Anderson, Niels Christian Everson, Nicky Pedersen, all now veteran stage and... Certainly, they were going to have to find form and quickly. And losing, I think, um, Chris Harris, I think that was a big blow to lose Chris after he was one of their better riders last year. And unfortunately, you know, Nicky did a, a corner and then jacked it in. You know, and, and that was a massive blow. You know, you, I can imagine that the club were just thinking, wow. You know, an eye-catching signing like that, and that hasn't worked out, and they haven't been able to replace him. So it's tough times for Peterborough. Um, some of these rain-offs, 
may have given them a little bit of breathing space to maybe they can sort of find themselves and get some form, but they need a number one big time. I don't know what you think, Scott, but they need a leader in there. Oh, 100%. But it's hard to find one. You know, who can they get? I mean, you know, I think everybody plays a game of if they were team managers, who would they get? And there's a few riders out there, but they don't want to come or they've got other commitments. So I, I feel for Peterborough, and they 100% need a number one. They need a strong number one. They need, but they need a number one that's got something about him that can can lead a team and can put a bit of positive energy in the team again. Because you know what I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I'm hearing the atmosphere is not the same. I know when I was there last year, the atmosphere wasn't the same, and that's a, a huge part of being in a sport like this is having a good atmosphere. Because um, if you're having a bit of an off day, you're having a, a bad day racing wise. If you've got a good team around you kind of helps lift you you kind of don't feel quite so bad and everybody can crack on but when you don't have a, a strong leader and with the uncertainty of you know who's coming in and all the fixture changes it just creates a negative atmosphere throughout the whole team and i think they need to nip it in the bud quick because it's if you don't stop it now it will just continue for the rest of the season so like you said the rain offs may have played into their hands but that's only if they can sign the number one get a bit of atmosphere back in the team a bit of leadership and ultimately get a win under their belt and that's what it needs isn't it they, they just need to get uh, a little bit of fortune and talking about Kings Lynn Kelvin uh, you and I had a, a conversation a while back and, and you were talking about um, uh, the signing of Christoph Kasperzak which you thought was you know pretty interesting at the time and Alex Brady quite sure that he was going to get the best out of uh, of KK, and, and he has produced some great performances, but also produced some indifferent ones as well. And uh, you know that that's really been the the discussion of, of of which KK were we going to get? Oh well, we've got the one that is is hit and miss. It's as simple as that, you know. To me, he is a top quality rider. You know, he was a former world number two, but I do believe his best days are behind him. Um, but he's more than he's more than capable of doing a very good job for a British club. I know that he knows Britain. He's done plenty of laps here. He, he, you know, he's ridden here for periods of time. But he's at a stage of his career now where you know, inexplicably, he'll get well. He got 15 the other week, didn't he? And then he turns back up and it's a two or a three. And you know that from a team manager's and from a club's perspective. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but from a club's point of view, Scott, it just drives you nuts when you're looking at a guy that should be able to produce the numbers, you know, day in, day out, and that's what you need, and that's why they've signed him. And then, you know, with all the bolt-ons, flights, and God knows what to get them there, and they're not performing, it, it must be extraordinarily frustrating for... Uh, Alex Brady and um, Dale Alley. I think they must, they, they probably can't. But they're, they're another team that are struggling. You know, Peterborough and Kings Lynn again are having a tough time. And if they're going to have any chance of making playoffs, those two teams, you know, when you look at Peterborough, Hans Anderson, Everson, the elder statesman of that team, they are going to have to get going big style. And then, you know, when you look at Kings Lynn, you've got KK has got to find some consistency. Nikolai Clint, if he traps, He's fast, and he's going to have to do that all the time. But they're going to have Thomas Jorgensen, a rider that, Scott, I've seen him being fantastic, but suddenly, I don't know what's going on. He doesn't seem to be able to, whether it's a confidence issue, whether it's mechanical, I don't know. But not the same guy at the moment, just not, not producing. I think Jorgensen is a, a very much a mental aspect. If, if things are in the right place and he feels good in himself, 
then then he's a, a very very hard man to beat. But I think he I think his cage gets rattled uh, pretty quick. I think I heard a story uh, Beric. I don't know if it was on um, BSN or not. But he was off gate four and obviously wasn't happy with the, the sort of the selection of ruts he could go from. So he started kicking the fence, which is uh, never a good sign when you're about to go out for a race. But I think um, I think with Kings Lynn that the problem they have is that they've got two riders, two key riders that can be very hit and miss. And Nikolai Clint, like you said, an exceptional gator, exceptionally fast when when the right header's on. Um, but he, he can be hit and miss. And, and I think that that's hard for the rest of the team because, you, you know, the team looks for their one and five to lead the way. Um, and occasionally they have an off night. But when you've got, you know, riders like that, like you say with KK, I mean, you know, people have seen and heard what he was like at Sheffield very literally couldn't look like he'd never ridden a bike before and then the night I was there he looked like KK World number 2 again was unbelievably fast and was a joy to watch and for for management and for teammates that's unbelievably frustrating and the frustrating thing with Casper Jack is that only Casper Jack will get Casper Jack going he's not one of those people that can be motivated by a team manager or a promoter if he turns up not being in the right frame of mind, not bothered to race, it will not happen. Um, and and but then you know they will have known that when they signed him. It's not like it's a trade secret. Um, he's been like that most of his career. Uh, they took the gamble, and right now it's it's not paying off. Tough one, real tough one. But they're going to have to. As I say, part of the problem is also in the fact that that riders are scarce. There is a lack of riders, and some riders won't come. Some riders sort of look at it. Maybe the Saifutinov thing may actually sort of break down some barriers again and they might look at it and then sort of think about coming over. But on reflection, those two teams are at the bottom of the league right now. And if they have anything, any desires to make the top four, um, then things have got to turn around and turn around very quickly. But I do think they are up against it. I sense that there are some teams that are in a better shape. Um, and often it's difficult to be able to do it, isn't it, Scott? You know, when you get off to that, you get in that rut. And like what happened to you last year after winning the previous year, and I had it at Coventry, exactly the same. We were champions one year, and the following year we finished bottom of the table. And for whatever reason, and we had we had six of the same seven from the previous season, we just didn't get going. And... It never and never and it was difficult to put your finger on why, uh, but it just ha- didn't happen. It just didn't happen, and the, the the team finished bottom, and it was it was tough times. But for those two teams in Peterborough and Kings Lynn, there's got to be something really dramatic happen, like a, a big signing, or you know, two or three riders really all of a sudden firing at the same time. Yeah, and I, I think the thing as well that's tough when. When it's a club that's struggling, not everybody wants to go to a club that's struggling because, you know, they want to be in a club that's successful and they want to be in a club that's got a good environment and a good atmosphere. Um, so the negativity may well draw kind of a negative rider. Um, and the other thing with Kings Lynn that, that makes it a little bit difficult for them to sign people is that Kings Lynn's a, a fantastic racetrack, a brilliant racetrack, brilliant shape but it's intimidating and it's known to sometimes be too grippy. And that puts a lot of riders off. A lot of riders don't want to go because it's scary and they don't want to turn up to their home track where they're scared to race. Um, 
and and that that's a fact. That will put a lot of riders off. I think if Kings Lynn is known and it's got a reputation where it can be prepared on the slicker side, because Kings Lynn's never slick. I mean, even when it's packed down like concrete, it's still never slick because of the material it's got there. Um, I think if they start to build a reputation of having a, a, a slicker track, then you may well start to attract some other riders. And on the subject of attracting riders as well, and, and back to Peterborough, actually, it, it's not like they haven't been trying. You know, Rob Lyon has, has gone off on his own back, really, to, to um, the, certainly the Croatian Grand Prix to try and, and speak to riders and get out there and have the conversations. But they just, for whatever reason, uh, are not interested in making that move right now. And honestly, I don't think that um, Brexit has particularly helped either. You know, it's, it, it, it has made things a lot more difficult for riders, both with equipment and, of course, the movement of people in and out of the country. There is a lot of paperwork, depending where you're from. It's not the same for everyone. Yeah, well, obviously, that, that, that doesn't help at all um, but to be perfectly honest you've always needed e- extra equipment if you come to ride in England and you're based on the continent that hasn't changed but certainly there is always the added complication if you want to come across and do it but I just hope for Kings Lynn that Josh Pickering can come back fit and firing he's a good bubbly character he can certainly he's a never say dire uh, he can maybe be an inspirational figure within that side I like him um, but both teams have started poorly, and they, they you know, I think um, for Peterborough, they, they, if they could manage to pull a rabbit out of a hat and come up with somebody that could really sort of lift the crowd and lift that doom and gloom, I think maybe they could turn it around because Everson and Anderson have got a lot of quality there. But um, yeah, tough times when you look at the other teams in the league because there's, you know, there's they've got a nice a better look about them and certainly um are going to be a tough challenge for those two teams down at the bottom it's interesting what you said earlier though um about brexit and travel because i know that's genuinely with a couple of riders has been an issue with obviously trying to get visas for certain riders and then also other riders you know one thing that people might not be aware of is there's not as many flights available now as there used to be especially to Sweden and, and Poland. Sweden in particular, um, the, the standard Scavster flight doesn't run anymore. Um, so that actually puts off quite a lot of riders, especially that race in Sweden. So um, that, that is another factor that needs to be taken into account. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy trying to find a rider, that's for sure. And then you know the, you know the upside, or not the upside, the downside to that from a promoter is if there's those little stumbling blocks in the way, that rider's going to want more money to overcome those stumbles. And that puts pressure on the club and, you know, the finances are perhaps not there that you would like. So um, it, it's not an easy fix, but I just, I genuinely like Kel, so I really hope that Peterborough and, and uh, Kingsley do manage to find somebody and turn things around for their own sake. And also it makes the championship more interesting. And Scotty, just sticking with you, a word about Oxford, which has been a fantastic success um, back in the in the Cab Direct Championship. And of course, they came back last year and you've been with them now as captain for the last couple of years. And um, it, it just seems to be um, a club that's very much on the up. You know, it's back. Um, it's in a, an area of the UK that has had a rich history of Speedway. When you look at the clubs uh, around the area, say Reading or Swindon or maybe further afield, 
Huddersfield, like Rye House or, or wherever in the southeast in the London area. Um, and, and people are coming. They're coming in big numbers. They're coming to, to watch some good quality speedway. The stadium is fantastic. Every time I've been, you know, a lot of people with smiles on their faces. Uh, the public can get into the pits, you know, for a good time beforehand and have pictures taken with the, with the riders. And it just seems to be a, a great atmosphere and a, a great place to watch some speedway. Oh, they do. I, I, it's, it's a track I always loved going to before it closed. Um, and obviously Jamie Courtney and, you know, everybody involved. I mean, Man Live, it's been a huge effort to, to get it back and they've done a brilliant job. I mean, they're still working on the stadium all the time and improving it. Um, but just moving that inside line in that little bit just has enabled you to have that bit more freedom going into the turns. You don't have to kind of queue up and back up behind somebody as much as you did in the past. So the improvements they've made have been, been good. And uh, no, I'm glad you've said when you've been there, you've enjoyed it because... I enjoyed it last year. We didn't get the results I felt we should have done. Um, but I was happy to go back this year because I did enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun track. It's got a good environment. And, yeah, they are, they're getting some good crowds in. Obviously, there are question marks, uh, you know, about one or two clubs. We, you know, we can't avoid the elephant in the room there. But a club like Oxford that's um, firing on all cylinders, doing lots of things right, getting decent crowds week in, week out, and a, a good racetrack as well. Do, do you think that potentially that might be a, you know, Oxford might be a candidate to to make a step up in league at some point? Do you think? Yeah, possibly. So I know they were they were keen to go up this year, but um, for one reason or another, it didn't quite happen. Personally, I'm, I'm delighted they didn't because that would have ruined my plans. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be back with them in the championship. And I, look, I think if they did decide to step up to the premiership, it would be a great addition. I think it would be another fair, sort of reasonably central club. Um, and I think, it's, look, the stadium is brilliant. I think, you know, obviously we know Bellevue is the place for British Speedway in terms of the track and the, 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 the stadium and things. But Oxford is an impressive outfit too. Oxford, the only club that I've experienced, at least in British Speedway, where you can get your burger in a brioche bun and an incredible selection of condiments as well. There you go. A little bit more upmarket. <laughs> That's got to be their new sales pitch. But I remember, I, I have very fond memories of, uh, of of Cowley. You know, when I was riding for Coventry, the, the clashes with the team that was led by Hans Nielsen, Simon Wig, Marvin Cox, you know, those days they won the league in the 80s a couple of times. And as I say, that it was a good track. It was a bit tight, so it's interesting to hear that the track has just been widened a wee bit because it was tight going into the corners there. You could run into people quite easily. But, you know, it may well be that the conversation comes up again because um, with the threat of losing Peterborough and obviously the shock news about Wolverhampton, um, what, uh, Oxford would be an obvious choice to you know try and attract to come back up into the the premiership so we will wait and see but um no i'm i'm really pleased that uh, to hear that you know a club that was literally just stood there for 15 years and then has come back you're never quite sure whether people have drifted away and the interest has waned but um i guess that uh, people are still keen to come to the speedway there and with swindon's closed and no reading as well i guess they it's, it's somewhere where those fans can go now. They've got a speedway relatively close by. It is. I think we'll have to we'll have to drag you down there, Kelv, and you can have a look at the track, and then maybe we can slip the old Kevlar's on. You can do a few laps. Hey, yes. <laughs> see what see what the improvements right. like. Yeah, you might be the Chargers' new number one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to give youth a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. Blimey.
Dear, oh dear, that frightens me. Okay, well, just to round up then, we've talked about the fixture that's coming up on the 22nd, the first fixture from the Sports Insure Premiership on Eurosports and Discovery Plus. That's the Leicester Lions versus the Sheffield Tigers. But, uh, of course, that's just the very beginning of the coverage. Kelvin, what are your next ports of call on your tour around uh, British Speedway? Are you able to enlighten us? Uh, I, I, I I possibly do. I do believe that the second meeting will be Wolverhampton. V Bellevue, which could be quite tasty, uh, which is a week later. So, um, uh, as I say, the, that's a, a, an attractive, eye-catching uh, fixture. We've then got a week off. Um, we go to Prague for the Grand Prix at the beginning of June. We've got a week off, and then we pick up again when we go, and we will see Ipswich v Sheffield, which will be a fantastic match-up and the first time for Eurosport viewers to, to see Emil Saifutinov. Uh, live, so yeah, um, I think the f- the first three fixtures fixtures look good, you know, and uh, as I say, um, uh, we can get up and going. Thanks to Kelvin Tatum and Scott Nichols there speaking to us on No Breaks, No Fear. And to hear more of that conversation, because there is a lot more, that's just uh, that's just part of it. Uh, Kelvin Tatum has his own podcast, which will be out later this week, Tatum Talks. And uh, he is uh, having a good old chat with uh, Kelvin Tatum and myself about not only the uh, Sports Insure Premiership, British Speedway as a whole, uh, but also the Grand Prix series and Kelvin's review of what happened in Warsaw. Check that out on all podcast platforms. Uh, that'll be out um, later this week at the time of releasing this. So that'll be the 18th of May. Uh, something to listen to as you head to your meetings over the weekend. Tatum Talks. Have a listen to it. And there's a couple of other episodes already out, including actually a chat um, from last year. It sort of went under the radar, but uh, Kelvin had a long chat with Dan Bewley. So you might want to dig that one out as well. Search for it on podcast apps and uh, subscribe to it so you don't miss anything else. But um, many more um, episodes with Kelvin and Kelvin's going to be talking about uh, really reviewing the Grand Prix series and stuff uh, after each round and uh, that's the plan with that one. Okay, back to this podcast now and in the next part we'll round up uh, one or two other things uh, looking at some of the action from the Cab Direct Championship and also the National League 2. We'll hear from Adam Roynan one of the first people to ride a competitive meeting at the new Northside track at Workington. He was an away rider but he's a local lad and uh, he uh, got to ride in uh, that meeting and uh, he tells us his experiences just at one of the chats we've got coming up on No Breaks, No Fear, next. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. In this final section, a roundup of the Cab Direct Championship and also the National League as well, and starting with Redcar, who collected their first away win at Edinburgh Monarchs since 2013, when they took the points in a last heat decider on Friday. Charles Wright completed a paid maximum in Heat 15, and he was joined by Danny King for a match-clinching 5-1 after the sides had gone into the race level. We can hear from the Redcar Bears team boss now, Gavin Parr. I think everybody did a little bit at a certain time um there's still room for improvement with some of them and that's um, exciting isn't it it is it's yeah because i think when they start firing properly um yeah the world's sort of where oysters they would say but um no overall i i, I didn't see the five one to them coming in heat 14 to be fair but um yeah if, if you've got to if you've got to rely on two riders why not rely on two ex-british champions to sort of get your five one in heat 15 and were you uh, aware of the rules surrounding the Super League? Because I, I spoke to everybody and I don't think anybody knew 
uh, apart from maybe Charles and Mechanic. What what would happen with the choice of gear? Do you know that? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, okay. I know obviously I, I know of the, like about the superheat and you know your two two riders and the scoring's a bit different, so you can't have a draw. Um, it's like four three two zero. Um, but no, I'm not quite sure what it is with the gates. To be fair, I have to consult your rule book. I will. Yeah, yeah, I've got it here actually. I love, I love, I love a look, and I'll come back to you. And Charles Wright, he's as I said to him, he's made, although these don't a lot of points he scored this season don't count towards his average. He is making a mockery of that average so far. Yeah, and I'm so pleased that they don't count towards his average. To be fair, <laughs> um, because yeah, we're, we're going to have him there. Yeah, but he's he's right like a number one, and I think like Louis did a great job tonight. To be fair, but apart from he won. Um, he did a great job, but I think you, you've always got like Danny and Charles are like two number ones, really. So Louis came in as number one in the team, but really he, he just had to ride as a third heat leader, and he did that absolutely brilliant. You know, he, he put him, put himself on the line there, no problems at all. Ryan Nassau from the Red Car Bears website speaking with Gavin Parr. Well, we'll see plenty of Red Car over the course of the next week because they're racing home and away against the Paul Pirates in the BSN Series semi-finals. The other BSN Series semi-final is already underway and Glasgow took control of that fixture over Scunthorpe with a semi-final win of 46-44 at the Eddie Wright Raceway. The meeting was full of exciting racing, although home number one Ryan Douglas won Heat 15, Tigers duo Benjamin Basso and Chris Harris held on for second and third places ahead of Simon Lambert, who briefly passed Harris before the Glasgow number one came back through uh, Harris, the only rider to defeat Douglas when he passed him in heat one, with the Australians scoring 14 points for the Scorpions and reserve Connor Mountain winning three races to score 12. But the Tigers were the better all round. Benjamin Basso scoring 10 plus one bonus despite a disqualification for exceeding the time limit in heat 10, having earlier been involved in two five ones with Klaus Vis. We can hear from the Glasgow Tigers captain Tom Brennan speaking to Greg Blair on BSN. These guys are really good at home and uh, for sure they know the setup right away. So uh, we had to kind of come strong at the end and, and that was always the idea for us was to kind of start trying to trying to build and build and obviously by the end we managed to get, get the um, result we wanted. But it was definitely a really, really good team effort from everybody. Yeah, and the other part of that is, you know, we've got a nice little cushion going at the home meeting, which is next Friday. You'll be looking to t- use, use advantage of that. Exactly. I mean, obviously, any um, any um, advantage going into any meeting is, uh, is, is, is good. So uh, for us, it's to try and grab it with both hands. And uh, we obviously know what we can do at home. So uh, we're, we're going to be trying, trying our best to kind of try and uh, keep, uh, keep these boys behind us. Pool promoter Danny Ford says the former skipper Danny King is assured of a warm welcome when he returns to Dorset with Red Car this week. King led the Pirates to a series of trophies over the last two seasons before making the switch to the Bears over the winter, and the two sides now meet in the BSN Series semi-finals. Birmingham Brummies have brought in Joe Thompson following his recent release from Cab Direct Championship rivals Scunthorpe. Thompson making his Brummies debut in two league matches this last week, having been signed to replace Ty Proctor for the West Midlands side and some news about the Birmingham Brummies who have gone on to win their very first meeting of the season up and running in the uh, Cab Direct Championship with a win on the road away at the Plymouth Gladiators on Tuesday evening. 42-47 the final score. Justin Sedgman top scoring from the Brummies with 14 points and uh, Richie Worrell 14 plus 2 bonus. Uh, The Gladiators were of course without Kyle Howarth who uh, aggravated uh, an old injury Um, in the meeting last week against the Pirates and uh, that has uh, potentially cost the uh, Gladiators their 
Well, let's take a look at the upcoming week in the Cab Direct Championship. And uh, Birmingham, as we've heard, are up and running in the Cab Direct Championship with that win away at Plymouth. They are now at home on Wednesday against the Edinburgh Monarchs, who uh, they themselves are looking to get some points on the board, of course. BSN Series semi-finals reaching a conclusion this week. Glasgow taking a two-point lead into their home tie with Scunthorpe on Friday at Ashfield. The Pool Pirates and Redcar meet uh, twice in the week as well. Uh, in it at Wimborne Road on the Wednesday and then on Teesside at the Echo Arena on Saturday evening. The final group fixture also set to be concluded as Oxford host Plymouth at Cowley with, of course, uh, neither team able to uh, progress further in the tournament. And looking at now at the National Development League and what a start it was for Workington. Promoter Andrew Bain was able to look back with pride upon a hugely successful opening meeting at Northside. The new era opened as the Comets defeated the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy 53-37 in the National Development League in front of a tremendous crowd. Uh, Now they look ahead to home and away clashes with Berwick this weekend and we can actually hear now from one of the riders involved in that, of course representing the away side but he is kind of a local lad in many respects and a former Comet of the previous era as well. I caught up with Adam Roynan and he told me about what it was like uh, racing on that brand new circuit and being involved in that very first meeting yeah it was absolutely superb to uh to to be there for that first match um it's a it's a great facility steve lawson and uh, the rest of the, the the promotion and the staff have done an amazing job to to get the, the track as it is um it was an absolute pleasure to to ride um there's, it's going to develop more and more over time. Uh, there's going to be more and more dirt lines. But as, a, as an opening meeting and for the comments to get a, a home win um, in front of their in front of a, a massive, a massive crowd, um, it was it was good for them. Um, yeah, sad for us, um, our first defeat of, of the year. But on a whole, it was a, a great way for Worthington to come back to the sport, and uh, it was yeah, it was great for Speedway as a whole. And from a from a riding point of view, what what is it like to ride that circuit? Of course, a lot of effort's gone into it, a lot of thoughts gone into it, and people have said what it looks like and how how amazing it looks. But how is it to ride? Obviously, said mentioned that it's going to take a while to fully come to life yet. Yeah, it was beautifully smooth, and uh, it's going to develop a lot of racing lines. And um, they've got big aspirations of where they want to go um, as a club. Um, yeah, it's just when you would run, you'd go into the corner and there'd be dirt there to, um, to use, but then there'd be no dirt on the outsides, which that'll just take meetings and time for it to turn over. Um, but no, there, there was lots of lines. Um, it was predominantly around the inside, to be fair, because it was a, a slickish sort of first meeting. Um, but no, it was it was super. It was like a mini Bellevue, which a lot of people have said, and. Yeah, it was just an absolute pleasure to, to ride. I, I didn't even care that I was not winning the races because I was just enjoying um, riding. I, uh, I had one, one situation in the third and fourth turn where I was in that much dust um, because, because of the, the delay to the start of things that the track had dried out. And I was in the yeah, third and fourth turn and for, I counted three seconds, I was just in darkness. I couldn't see for the, for the dust and what have you. But um, no, I still enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was a great place to go and, uh, and I have a skid. And great to have Speedway back in that part of the world as well, of course, because Workington were all conquering when they went out of business, went out of Speedway. And then, of course, there was the situation with the, you know, the track and Derwent Park was no longer available for Speedway. But to get Speedway back, the, the size of the crowd there really showed there is a big demand for it. Yeah, and... Uh... 
a, a massive demand and it, yeah the it's, it's just it's not too um, soon that it's that it's come back and it's it's welcomed uh, it's been needed and um, yeah, the fact that we've just got another track um, in the fixtures and on the calendar, it's, it's superb and such a great venue as well. Um, the spectator point of view is, uh, is superb, you can see the whole track, um, the pits are fantastic, it's, it's great laid out and um, yeah, it's just honestly, it was just a real enjoyed, enjoyment to, to be there. And from the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy point of view, as you mentioned, it was your first defeat but it's been a good start to, for, the, for the academy. We've had a few meetings at home as well, and, and you've been all conquering yourself. I think around Armadale, you've had a good time in the, in the National Development League so far, personally. Yeah, it's been it's been a really good start. There's a good bunch of lads, and uh, there's a couple that, like Dale Wood. He's having a, a hard time just trying to find some form, uh, especially on new tracks for himself. Um, but no, as a, as a team unit, um, we've gelled really well, and um, the points the points are going to come. It's a long season, so the fact that we've had a little hiccup. Um, on a track that we, we haven't known um, isn't too, too, something to be too downhearted about but yeah we, we can still keep progressing keep moving forward and yeah there's, a, there's league title aspirations where, is where we want to be uh, It's BSN Series semi-finals this week as well and uh, that sees the Pool Pirates up against the Red Car Bears um, Red Car you started the last season with of course you're with the Pool Pirates now um, no shortage of red car experience in the pool side, but similarly for red car, they've got Danny King making his return to Wimborne Road as well. Yeah, the King's returning, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough match. It's going to be our toughest match of the season so far, without a shadow of a doubt. And yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, there's 30 races, and each one of them races, we're going to have to give it our all um, because yeah, the, the points are going to be. The, the difference home and away like there's riders that can go well at red can there's riders that can go well at pool so um it's just it's going to be very difficult hopefully the weather plays nice and we have decent tracks to race on um but it's going to be one hell of a fixture and uh yeah hopefully yeah uh, the pirates have have it in the end and we've seen the uh first leg of the the other semi-final as well which already got underway so glasgow getting a very narrow win over scunthorpe first time scunthorpe have lost on the home circuit i think for a year uh, and uh, Glasgow taking a very slender advantage back, but um, Scunthorpe could still be dangerous back up there. Yeah, Glasgow are always a, a strong side uh, as a as a Scunthorpe, especially on their home track. Um, so it's, it, whichever whichever team goes through that fixture um, is, is going to be obviously stiff op opposition, um, like like Red Car or Pool are going to be. So yeah, it's a, it's a very competitive league, and um, there's there's not a lot of uh, difference between each of the teams so uh, yeah it's going to be uh, like I say with, with the, the National League it's a long season as it is with um, with the Championship it's just about staying consistent um, keep scoring the points keep uh, getting uh, getting them the, the points away from home as well as you can and uh, yeah just try and build it all right for when it's uh, vital for the playoffs so a look at the week ahead in the National Development League then and uh, this weekend we see a double clash between Berwick and Workington, the sides meeting at Shieldfield Park on Saturday before the return at Northside on Sunday afternoon and uh, things really just bubbling away nicely on in the NDL, just uh, still very early days uh, but it is going to come to life uh, over the next few weeks or so. So a full look at the fixture picture for the week ahead. Wednesday, Cab Direct Championship, it 
It's the uh, Birmingham Brummies against the Edinburgh Monarchs, 7.30 at Perry Bar. BSN Series semi-final, first leg. It's the Pool Pirates versus the Red Car Bears at 7.30. Uh, and, of course, all of the semi-final fixtures are live on BSN as well. Uh, we've also got uh, the um, the group match, which is not uh, live and uh, on BSN, and that is the Oxford versus Plymouth meeting at Cowley, 7.30 for that one. On Thursday, Sports Insure Premiership. It's Kings Lynn versus Peterborough at 7.30. And uh, also we've got the Knockout Cup quarterfinal. The second leg, Bellevue, start 26 points down against the Wolverhampton Wolves at the National Speedway Stadium. And can Bellevue make the ground up? One or two changes in that side. It's the uh, FIM European Under-21 Championships. So um, they're going to be missing uh, Tom Brennan and Norik Bladorn for Bellevue and Leon Flint's going to be missing for Wolves. There are replacements. Kyle Bickley uh, steps in for Leon Flint for Wolves. Uh, it's going to be ride replacement for Tom Brennan and Keenan Rue will be stepping in at reserve for the Bellevue Aces in place of Norik Bladon, which could be an uh, interesting one to watch. Uh, certainly an intriguing match there to find out if Bellevue can bull 26 points back. I know one or two people fancy their chances, but that is a massive deficit to come back from. Um, but um, you can watch it. That will be on BSN Thursday evening. Friday, BSN Series semi-final, Glasgow versus Scunthorpe at Ashfield. That's much closer. Glasgow with a two-point lead into that one. And on Saturday, it's uh, the final semi-final fixture, and that's Redcar versus Poole at the Echo Arena 7.30. National Development League action, of course, as well. At Berwick against uh, Workington, 7pm. Sunday, as we mentioned before, it's uh, back to Northside as Workington host Berwick, 3 o'clock in the afternoon for that one on Sunday. And then on Monday, it's the big day. Sports Insure Premiership coverage coming live to Eurosport and Discovery Plus as the Leicester Lions take on the Sheffield Tigers at the Pidcock Motorcycles Arena, Beaumont Park, 7.30, the start time for that meeting. Of course, the coverage on TV will start uh, slightly earlier. Peterborough versus Kings Lynn at 7.30 and Wolverhampton versus Ipswich as well at Monmouth Green. Uh, so a pretty full programme of action from the Sports Insure Premiership on Monday evening. But Leicester versus Sheffield, that main televised fixture and that uh, really concludes it for the next week or so of course we will be back with the next episode of no breaks no fear next wednesday to review all of that action and look ahead to what the next week has in store have a great week wherever you're taking in your speedway and to keep up to date with everything that's happening across the sport on social media facebook twitter instagram and of course on the main website britishspeedway.co.uk and we'll catch you next week have a good one see you later bye-bye no breaks no fear the official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 